0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the what show by fans right or fans right of your Milwaukee brewer. Brew. Hello, brewer fans, and welcome to another Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, joining me tonight is Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Pitchers and catchers are here. You know, we're getting closer.
0: That's that's one of my favorite phrases in the English language. Pitchers and catchers love that day. I mean, spring is getting nearer, and baseball is almost back. So, I can stop staring out the window like I've been doing since World Series ended. So, um, pretty exciting. And uh, also, this time of year happens to be what I call prospecting season. And what that pretty much means is um, a lot of the well-renowned publications, uh, across, well, the internet nowadays. Um, but some reputable sources like baseball America releases are their top hundred prospects in baseball and other uh, tons of prospect sites out there now. Um, a lot of them really get into that now. And also of course, fancy baseball drafts are happening this time of year where people are picking prospects and their dynasty leagues and all that good stuff. So, um, it's usually an exciting time for people looking at their farm systems. Um, looking at the Brewers farm system this year, not <laughs> quite as exciting as it's been since, uh, you know, the inception of the Brewer review so many years ago where the Brewers, you know, got to pick in the top half of the draft uh, because of how bad they were and pick good players, you know, like Ryan Brown, like Prince Fielder, or like Ricky weeks. Um, and so those days are kind of luckily gone. Cause we've been making the playoffs the last couple of years, but unfortunately what that means is, um, We currently – I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We currently have the worst um, system in – worst farm system in Major League Baseball out of all 30 teams, and that's pretty much a consensus. (laughs) So we were the only team not to have a single prospect in the top 100. Hmm. um, So as far as impact – Prospects that was released by Baseball America and also by MLB.com. So, um, and I also read somewhere that we, out of our top prospects, two of them landed in most people's top 200, Hmm. which would be Bryce Schring and Tristan Lutz. So anyway, I guess what's your initial thoughts before we go over our top 30 future brewers um, on the state of the brewers' farm system? Um, Well, to
1: be honest, uh, after Valentine's Day, I did a little bit of soul searching and kind of looked through my own prospect list. And um, let's just say my farm system is about as bad as the Brewers. So, um, you know, misery loves company, but Hey, like you said, I mean, this is a Brewers team that, you know, isn't losing a hundred games or anything like that. I mean, when we started this show, we had so much to talk about uh, with respect to prospects because the team was the major league team was so, so bad. And so, like you said, I mean, at, at least now, like we've we've had some uh, success making the playoffs and whatnot, and so yeah, we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. I guess it's uh, yes. Yeah, if you have to yeah, pick one course, or the other, you want the, you want to be successful at the big league level, but for a small market, don't you kind of have to have a really good farm system to thrive?
0: That is correct, Scott. So um, oh. that oh, part no. of it's a little bit bleak. Um, However, um, yeah, I guess I'll start by saying people looking on the sunny side of things here is the fact that the Brewers did have one of the best prospects all in baseball graduate to the major league level last year and will be a starter and a potential cleanup here for the Brewers going forward and the franchise level player we all hope, and that's Kesson Hira. Um, so since he got off the list, i really... You know, it's always good to graduate players in the major leagues and, uh, you know, obviously start contributing. That's the whole goal. So, with that being said, it's kind of a good thing. But with him uh, leaving the list, really, some of these guys really had disappointing minor league seasons last year, and a lot of the guys just didn't come to fruition. Uh, But um, without further ado, let's go over the list and we'll go over some individual players and talk about uh, specifically the interest of these listeners, probably players that could contribute in the 2020 season and we'll talk about ones that'll contribute down the line too but no further ado let's go ahead and go through the list
1: all right let's do it this was
0: put together by of course our longtime minor league analyst brandon miller happens also to be my brother but um here we go top 30 future brewers we're going go to reverse order and in previous years i think we listed um, what what uh, level of the minor leagues that they were currently playing at. So this version of the list uh, going go ahead and throw out their age since we're sitting here in the offseason so you have some idea you know, how all these players are and how far away they are from contributing. So, oh, that's good. All right, number 30, outfielder Tyrone Taylor. He's 26 years old. At number 29, we've got right-handed pitcher Bobby Wall. He's 27. Um, 28, we have outfielder Luis Mendina. He's only 16 years old. Wow. 27 on the list, we've got outfielder Micah Bello. He's 20. Number 26, we've got right-handed pitcher Dylan File. He's 25. 25 on the list, we've got first baseman Chad McClanahan. He's 22. Number 24 on the list, we've got third baseman Lucic Earsig. He's number 25. Number 23, left-handed pitcher Clayton Andrews. He's 23. Number 22 on the list, right-handed pitcher Devin Williams. He's 24. Twenty-first player on the list, we've got right-handed pitcher Phil Bickford. He's 24. Number 20 on the list, we've got right-handed pitcher Ray Blank, who's 29 years old. Um, Number 19 on the list, right-handed pitcher Caden Lemons, he's 21. 18 on the list, we've got outfielder Carlos Rodriguez, he's 20. Number 17 on the list, we've got catcher Jacob Nottingham, he's 24. Number 16 on the list, we've got outfielder Thomas Dillard, he's 22. 15th on the list, we've got catcher Peyton Henry, number 23. Number 14 on the list, right-handed pitcher Max Lazar, he's 20. Number 13 on the list, right-handed pitcher Trey Supak, 23. Number 12 on the list, we've got outfielder Joe Gray, he's 20 years old. Number 11 on the list, we've got right-handed pitcher Zach Brown, he's 25 years old. Number, all right, here we are up to the top 10 future Brewers. Uh, here we go. Number 10 on the list, catcher Mariano Felice. 21. Number nine on the list: shortstop Eduardo Garcia. He's only 17. Number eight on the list: left-handed pitcher Antoine Kelly. Now, he's only 20 years old. I actually believe it might be pronounced Anthony Kelly. He's 20 years old. Um, number seven on the list: outfielder Corey Ray. He's 26 years old. Number six on the list: like, uh, left-handed pitcher Aaron Ashby. 21 years old. Number five on the list, right-handed pitcher, Drew Rasmussen, he's 24 years old. Number four, outfielder Hetbert Perez, he's only 16 years old. Number three on the list, we've got outfielder Tristan Lutz, who's 21. Number two on the list, shortstop Bryce Trang, 20 years old, and... Our, the Brewer Review, number one future Brewer for 2020 is left-handed pitcher Ethan Small, who's 22 years old. All right. Oh. There you have it. Who, I guess, are there any surprises uh, on the list? Um, I, I'll start by saying Brands has got Ethan Small, number one overall. Um most other publications and experts around seem to have a consensus of Bryce Trang being our number one prospect. Luke Brand has number two. And Ethan Small on most lists falls in the three or four range. But Brand thinks he's going to be the number one future brewer. And I tend to agree with him. So what are your thoughts on the overall list? Any surprises? Any anything like that, Scott? Um, well,
1: <clears throat> I guess the um... – I mean, other than the what you just kind of clarified at the top between one and two, um, I don't know. I guess um, Drew Rasmussen. I I guess uh, I thought he might be up another like notch or two, and then um, I kind of felt like maybe um, maybe Zach Brown would be up just a little bit higher. But I, I totally understand why he um, he's. Paying the price because of a uh, very um, well poor year last year It's the only way to put it, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Who, um, actually, whose stock do you think has fallen the kind of the furthest in the last, like, just in the last season?
0: Oh, good question. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately, I'll, I'll pinpoint. Three guys that came into last year' of the list, probably all in the top ten of the list last year, who who all fallen quite a bit um, by having terrible seasons last year. We'll start with Corey Ray, who we've got a seven still on our list still because I think he saw some uh, promise, but um, he had a pretty terrible and injury-riddled season last year. Um, hopefully, just give him a mulligan on that. But at his age now, it's uh, time to put up or shut up. Uh, the other player. Like you mentioned, Zach Brown, and another guy I'll, pin, I'll point out is uh, Lucic Earsig, who brands got all the way down to 24th on the list. He was in the most, most top ten list for the Brewers last year, which is too bad because the Brewers seem to have quite an opening at their base <laughs> or an opportunity, I should say, possibly for some uh, young person like him to step up. But he did not do that last year. And I guess – point of our ranking he really doesn't profile as a future regular in the major leagues anymore so
1: yeah there's there's a couple names in here that i'm definitely um i I definitely hope that they were going to wind up being uh contributors this year and the ones that i am looking at i'm a little surprised that maybe they're as low as they are and that kind of makes me want to reevaluate my expectations for for if they're if they do contribute, how much they're going to be able to contribute. Um, But let's talk about a couple of those. Let's just look at – okay, so just kind of starting at the bottom and working our way up here. Um, So Bobby Wall, I kind of hoped, was going to be able to be a part of the bullpen at some point this year. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah. I mean, he was acquired in the Keon deal from the Mets. Uh, He was formerly uh, drafted – originally drafted by the A's. Uh, he was highly regarded to come out of college as someone who could be a future closer. Um, he's had kind of an up and down injury riddled, minor um, league career and he's been traded several times. All that being said, he still has the same arm as when he was, you know, highly regarded. So I still think he can have that potential, but more realistically, he probably slots somewhere in the back end of a bullpen. Um, but, you know, having those arms come up through your, through your system is still fairly valuable. So you don't have to you know, go out and spend money on them. So I would see he would be someone who would contribute this year, I would say for sure, especially for, you know, depth. He may not make the roster out of spring, um, but you never know. Um, So he, and another similar player that we acquired via trade, moving up the list that we have listed as 20 and that'd be Ray Black, who of course was acquired in the, not so infamous, but the Mauricio Devon trade, Um, him along with, um, Drew Pomeranz, who pitched phenomenally for us down the stretch and helped us get to the playoffs, Ray Black was kind of the prospect that was thrown in. And he's very similar to Wall, where he also had an up-and-down minor league career that also struck out tons of players um, in his minor league career. His strikeout rate was just ridiculous. Um, so he profiles as a back-of-the-rotation arm, too. But, again, like a lot of these guys that throw so hard and strike, you know, out his control is lacking and but, you know, that that he, both those names I think are I mean, similar contributors. I expect I guess more out of Ray Black and that's probably why Brandon has been listening a little higher. He in my mind he is kind of like a Corey Canable starter pack, so to speak, where if all things break right, he could be a future closer, uh, in my mind still, but more likely, like I said, probably like a setup guy. But, you know, you never know. So, um you also could flame out like Jacob Barnes did or something too. So, and he's now a member of the angels, by the way, but um, yeah, you just never know. But I mean, he's a quality arm, a couple of pitches and knows how to strike out players, but really, yeah, uh, I would think both those guys are going to contribute for the 2020 Brewers almost for sure. And there's not too many other guys really on the list. I would say, Will, one of the guys that I think could be a surprise sneaky contributor to the Brewers this year is number five overall ranked uh drew rasmussen this is a player that was originally drafted in the first round i believe by the rays um i think in 2016 or 17 and he did not sign with them went back to school for a senior year and then unfortunately blew out his arm the brewers were able to draft in the next draft in like the fifth round and he throws nearly he throws about 99 miles an hour um and really because of his late development and his injury i think the brewers they have had had him starting but to me profiles probably is similar to other guys but possibly with a higher upside in the back of the bullpen arm i still hold out some hope that if they leave him in the rotation that he could have the upside of a number two or three starter even and uh given the fact he's already 24 i don't think he's gonna need that, that much more time in the minor leagues even though he's got you know a little bit lack of experience there but He's a name I'm pretty excited about, uh, and I think he could be a a surprise bullpen contributor, possibly even back rotation contributor at the end of this year for the Brewers. We'll see.
1: So um, between Rasmussen and Ray Black, obviously Rasmussen is a lot higher, um, and and he may very well uh, be a part of that Brewer bullpen um, this year. Now, also, Ray Black, he has a chance of actually breaking into the bullpen uh, potentially uh, right out of camp, right?
0: I think almost certainly. I mean, I don't know where he'll slide in the bullpen, but I would I would give him way over fifty-fifty odds that he'll break camp with the Milwaukee Brewers. So, um, but he does have options remaining, and you know, it all kind of depends on um, what the Brewers want to go into the season with. But of course, reminding Brewers fans that this year they have started a few new rules. One of them being the twenty-six man roster as opposed to the twenty-five man roster. So. With that being said, I guess it's capped at only – you can still only have 13 pitchers at the roster at one time. So uh, we'll see. I, I think he'll definitely throw some innings in the Burr's bullpen this year, hopefully some high-leverage ones, um, and we'll see what we have, I think, at the major league level in Ray Black this year for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. I mean, that that's potentially two pitchers right there that could both uh, potentially hit 100 on the gun, um, which, you know, obviously – Anytime you throw that hard, you're probably going to have some control issues, but um, definitely exciting that we'll have um, those kind of power arms uh, potentially in the pen. Um, I did also want to mention, oh, um, having the depth this year, um, especially with pitchers with options where obviously in the last couple of years, the Brewers have done a really good job of shuttling people back and forth uh, to keep, you know, basically fresh arms available, um, because, you know, obviously we, we do use our bullpen quite a bit. Um, having said that, um, in years – well, in the, in basically in the last year, um, teams like the Dodgers have been able to kind of stash people, um, toss them on the DL for 10 days. Uh, that's no longer an option, right?
0: Um, yeah, I believe that's correct. There's a change in the rules with that too. So. Yeah, I
1: think they bumped it out to 15 days now, so – um, just, just because it was like people were kind of taking advantage of it. Like people were just coming up with like phantom injuries, I guess, um, just as a reason to kind of um, have somebody available and just kind of shuttle them back and forth that way. Um, whereas the birds are doing it the more legit way. And that's why, you know, when uh, whenever Stearns talks about, especially pitching, but he's always talked about having controllable talent. I think that's, uh, obviously this is one of many reasons why.
0: Yeah. Let's quickly, also, throw out a couple names on here. There's not too many position players that will probably have a 2020 impact on the Milwaukee Brewers on this list, but just throw out some that could. Uh, I would say Corey Ray, um, the outfielder. Um, also, catcher Jacob Nottingham. Uh, the problem with both those, and also let's throw out uh, number 30 on the list, outfielder Tyrone Taylor, who would be a really nice fourth and fifth outfielder. But we don't really need him because we brought back in Keon Broxton, if we stick with him. Uh, we also don't really need <laughs> uh, a catcher, uh, a backup catcher in Jacob Notham because we've got Pina as a backup with Lara as a starter, so he's kind of there for injury depth or whatnot. And then Corey Ray, again, we brought in uh, Sal Garcia uh, to play the corner outfielder, which bumped Braun Brown to part-time duty at first base in outfield, and really you know, there's no room for Corey Ray, given this would be an injury. However, I think Corey Ray in particular someone that could, in my opinion, have a Trent Grisham like breakthrough of a year. And if he does, maybe he won't contribute as Milwaukee Brewer, but he could make himself a valuable trade ship by the July trading trading season, trade deadline, so to speak. So that's the hope at least because I mean he's already gonna be twenty six this season. It's hard for me I mean, his he needs to, you know, put up or shut up time for Corey Ray or else he's gonna you know, not have a baseball career, basically, a uh, major league baseball career, I should say. I think, um, and some of the other guys that throw out there that did have disappointing years, like we mentioned, Zach Brown, I think he has the ability to bounce back. Uh, unfortunately, same thing, Lucy loose, Ears loose, loose will be a third baseman. Now we'll go to Triple A, and the Triple A hitting environments last year were kind of ridiculous, so he could put up good numbers. Um, and, you know, given the first third base situations some people might be looking like oh good hopefully he'll be ready well i just don't think he's any better than the guys we brought on even so um we'll see um but overall kind of getting back toward the top of the list um specifically i'll just talk about some of the guys in the top 10 um our supplemental first uh, round pick last year our comp round pick i guess it's officially called was antony kelly He's a big left-handed. He's like a six-six left-hander. Who throws 100 miles an hour. And he's like nine or well, he's turned 20 now uh, this season. And he was 19 when he drafted him. And he's definitely profiled as someone in the back of the bullpen, power arm. Um, so look for him in a couple of years. Hopefully, um, Ethan Small was our number one draft pick overall, picked toward the end of the first round, which is first took him a little bit higher than most other teams had him evaluated at. And he had a phenomenal season albeit in a small sample, last year. And uh, he had an arm injury uh, a couple of years ago in college, and when he came back, he actually lost some uh, miles per hour on his fastball. However, his strikeout way, rate went way up because there's something about his delivery that's very, I don't want to say like Josh Hader-esque, but basically he's a left-hander who opposing batters have a real hard time picking up his fastball, which makes it play up by about five miles an hour more than it is. I think he throws about 91, 92 miles an hour so, and his secondaries are pretty good, so I really feel like he's going to be a sneaky good middle rotation arm with a possible upset of like a number two starter. That's why I think Brandon has on top of this list. Number two overall, Bryce Trang was, of course, our number one pick from a couple years back. He's a shortstop. Again, his hit tool is pretty nice, but his lack of power and kind of just middling speed kind of profiles him as Potential MLB regular, but I'd say along the lines of a 270 to 280 hitter with like 10 to 15 home run power, and about you know same thing 10 to 20 steal potential. You, uh, not a bad player, um, pretty good batting eye, but again, nothing to write home about. Do you think Tristan he has Mutt, the? Um, uh,
1: do you think he has the ability to stick at short or?
0: Yeah, he. I, I okay. do believe, you know, a lot of these people drafted, it's uh, a good point, at shortstop Seem to, like, get moved around. But I think Bryce Frank can definitely, you know, stick it short, which um, which is pretty valuable. He also, of course, was, would slot in fine as a second baseman, but he definitely seems like someone who could stick it short, for sure. Awesome. Defensively. And then the, our number three on the list, Tristan Lutz, uh, you know, he's also a second-round pick from a couple of years back out of high school he's got a huge power bat but again the same thing that plagues a lot of young hitters huge swing and miss to his game uh and you know he has a decent bat but doesn't not a walk machine by any means so he probably you know one of those corner all-field types of power um i guess the guy that's two of my favorites on the list actually number four Hedbert perez who's the son of a former major leaguer robert perez um And he was just signed as 16-year-old this past July. And people are really thinking that he's got a huge ceiling, possibly the highest ceiling in the system. But those guys are so far away from the majors, it's hard to get too excited about them until they show some, you know, full seasons here in the minors. So you'll probably hear his name more in the next year or two. One of my other favorites in the top ten is actually left-handed pitcher Aaron Ashby, who's 21. I think he's going to be at least a four or five starter, probably within a year or two, helping out the Brewers. And he's got one of the best hammer curve balls in all the majors and coming from the left-hand side. It's kind of exciting. So, and he's also the nephew of former, um, former major figure. Um, I think it's Andy Ashby. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So, so anyway, uh, more bloodlines there. So, anyway, um, yeah, overall. Not too much to get super excited about just because there's no one, you know, no blue chippers help us out the next year or two necessarily. But there'll be some guys that contribute and hopefully there's some sneaky, sneaky good players like Trent Gresham last year who if nothing else brought us a player like Luis Urias via trade. And to me, Luis Urias is like the middle of our of our infield with uh, Luis Urias and Keston Hira. I think that's really solidified their are up the middle for a number of years in my opinion and i i think that's that's pretty valuable for the mlb team yeah i think
1: the only thing people are worried about is that if, if here is going to be able to stick at second base but I, I really want him to and i think the brewers are going to give him every opportunity to because um you know obviously he'll lose a, a good amount of value you know have if he has to like transition to the outfield or something like that but i mean could you imagine like if Braun stuck at third like back in his heyday like that would have been phenomenal but it just wasn't going to happen so ultimately though that bat sure plays and so we're going to find a spot for him no matter what
0: yeah that's the nice thing about hero like he should have a bad plays pretty much anywhere but yeah like you said i think the birds are committed to keeping them at second base going forward but you know we never you know. you know there's whispers that there could be the age coming in now in a couple years so we'll we'll see um but, uh, yes, yeah, so hopefully you know a lot of you guys had down to last year. Hopefully there's some bounce back, like a guy like Zach Brown can shoot back in the top ten or possibly be a contributor in by the end of the season. But we'll see. Um, the Brewers have quite a few young players that are actually at the major league level. And, uh, yeah, I've contributed for the last couple of years. So it's still an exciting time to be a Brewer fan. Um, I think this upcoming draft this June will be important for the Brewers to help restock the farm system a little bit more um, and hopefully that department does a good job going forward. Um, Cause the Brewers, you know, again, we're picking toward the, the back of the first round, but um, yeah, I think it's really important that we continue to draft and develop as a small market team. And also that some of these international signings of these 16 year olds start to actually pan out. They have actually had some high profile guys in the last couple of years that have just not, not really panned out i think the biggest one a couple of years ago i think we gave a three million dollar signing bonus to a 16 year old i believe his name was gilbert lara he actually ended up being traded to the nationals as a part of the um what player did we get from the nationals the gio gonzalez i don't remember anyway yeah right. he he got uh, traded and he's just not going to pan out and there's been several other ones like him i think Warrior Ernesto is another guy whose name was on this list last year. Now he's off it. But again, some of these kids are still only like 17, 18 years old. So you never know, but they're definitely a lot of risk involved with that. Very really low floor, so to speak, even though their ceilings supposedly are really high, but we'll see. Um, yeah.
1: Oh. A, a couple of the older um, names, uh, names that we've talked about in years past, um, Jacob Nottingham. I mean, at this point, um, I mean I'm not sure that he'll ever be uh, like considered a major league talent I guess at this point he really hasn't shown anything which is kind of disappointing too because he was like uh, he was in that Chris Davis trade and I was really hoping that I mean originally when we traded for him we said that he was going to be like the catcher of the future he was going to take Luke Roy's place and like now it seems like Luke Roy's been gone forever and we still like we had to look at all these other options, and we're still waiting on Jacob Nottingham to come around. So I, I don't know what to think there. I guess.
0: Well, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, what it comes down to is there's just so many. There's only so many jobs at MLB level, and that's why there's there's always these lists of prospects. Uh, you know, that's why Baseball America traditionally the top ten prospects per team because those are usually the only guys that actually sniff and actually become major like regulars. Now there's sites of lists of like up to fifty players per team. And a lot of these guys, you know, there can never once be someone from way down the list that makes the majors and contributes and even becomes a regular. But for the most part, there's a lot of you know attrition rates, and, and a lot of these guys have a similar career path to what Jake and I are seeing, where there was a small period of time where he had an opportunity to see the role, and now a couple of years later, since had some off-season in minor leagues, he's already got a couple of guys ahead of him in the pecking order here in this organization so unless he gets traded or there's a major injury or something like that, he's really not going to get probably another opportunity and therefore could be a career minor leaguer or get bounced on our team. Or, you know, once he's, you know, he's off the 40 man roster, we will have to start finding what, you know, what team do catch catcher deaths and so to speak, and it kind of will be a journeyman catcher. until so he can, uh, yeah, but I think his promise of what he could have been is at the major level is kind of panned out a little bit. Unfortunately, and it all kind of stems from, like, I think he had one really awesome season as an Astros prospect um, before they traded him to the A's, and then the A's the next season after that traded him to the Brewers and that Chris Davis really trade he mentioned. And he never really lived up to that, to that billing. And some of these things are kind of – it's hard to gauge because some of these minor league ballparks and environments really are more conducive to offense than others. Yeah, <laughs> And therefore, you know, sometimes sometimes these guys have these breakout seasons that just look phenomenal, and then you find out the next season when they go to a more neutral hitting environment that they're back to just being an average prospect and it's kind of all smoke and mirrors, so to speak. <laughs> I remember a prospect how like 10 years ago, the Angels had named Brandon Wood, who had this phenomenal year in this hitting environment uh, at like the A-level, and everyone was jacked up about it. I they never really made it in majors, so I mean – this happens quite often, but just the bottom line is just there's so many players vying for so few major league baseball spots. Well, the good news for these players is there's one extra spot to be gained on every uh, on well and across baseball, 30 extra players will be on rosters this year than previous year. So that's kind of exciting. The unexciting part of this new rule is come September will not be expanded to 40 they're only going up to 28 from 26 to 28 so that really sucks for a lot of these guys because some of them sometimes it's only shot to actually say hey i was a major leaguer by having a cup of coffee in that september uh expansion roster or roster expansion phase in in the past and uh, kind of disappointing that some of those guys probably won't won't get that same cup of coffee so to speak to show what they can do um or even just to say that they made the big so it's kind of disappointing but
1: yeah and i guess the other thing is too with that like i don't know if this is something that's going to help prevent tanking or if it's actually going to promote tanking like i'm not sure which way it'll go yet but like if if i were a team and i had um you know veterans that let's say didn't have much value like you're gonna throw them all on waivers and basically trade them just like or just let them go basically for um next to anything which i realize happens a good amount of the time anyway but now you might even be even more incentivized to do that um you know if it means freeing up a spot just so that you can get a, a better look at some of your minor leaguers you know so um i don't know i mean i uh, there's a lot of rules that actually that have been coming across that I I'm not a fan of, and this is definitely one of them because I, I know that like maybe the casual fan doesn't want to um, attend a game or listen to a game where you know you don't know half the starting lineup, um, and it's a team that you you know followed fairly regularly. I, I get that part of it, but at the same time, um, you know it's really important to find out like what you have in a lot of these players, and the last thing I want is you know for people to give up on players. Um, you know, because not only because this is obviously a a really important sport and team and everything, but um, you know, I mean, these are people's dreams at stake too. So um, I mean, there's a lot of minor leaguers where um, that we've interviewed, in fact, on this show um, that have said so much as like, I was basically like a a career minor leaguer, but I did come up and get that cup of coffee. Um, Do not regret any of it. It was the greatest feeling ever. And to you know deprive somebody who maybe worked like you know ten years of their life to try to get to that moment and not get that moment that's um you know that's obviously just horrible
0: no i absolutely hundred percent agree with everything you said, and it's disappointing, and i don't know really the- the reasoning behind it, but um uh, yeah, it is what it is, I guess but uh and as far as complaining or talking about the other. I should say discussing the other potential rule or actual rule changes going on around baseball, uh, we'll probably have to leave that for another podcast because uh, we'll definitely digress into that. But anyway, the bottom line is, uh, and I'm sure Vince has, and Chad also have some yeah. opinions on that, so let's try to wait for a little bit. But no, I mean the bottom line: uh, the Brewers don't have the best farm system baseball. In fact, they have the worst coming into this year, but part of that really is the fact that they, they don't have very much of those blue chippers at the top of their rankings ready to contribute. And overall, I feel the depth is fairly decent um, for the Brewers, minor leagues. Uh, and, and, I, and again, I think some of will have some surprise guys that they've drafted the last couple of years that can emerge and be on this list next year. Um, and some of these guys of course fall off, but, that's kind of the nature of it. It's like, you know, all these guys applying for a couple of jobs um, and they have to beat out know, everyone else. It's kind of like, you know, competition. And um, there's, there's a lot riding on this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it'll be exciting to see some of these guys actually put suit up the, with the Milwaukee Brewers uniforms for the first time. And yeah, I, I think um, some of these guys will contribute this year. And uh uh, we'll see. Like I said, I'm kind of excited about some of the bullpen guys like Bobby Wall and Ray Black we might see right from day one, so we'll see. Yeah, it should
1: be exciting. We might have to do a little uh, mini Brooks review road trip to spring training this year and uh, do a little bit of scouting for, for all of our fans, potentially.
0: That is a really cool thing about spring training, especially the first couple of weeks of spring training. The Brewers do give major league invites to a lot of these players that are at different various levels of the minors to come up and actually play against the major leaguers for the first couple weeks of spring training and then they get sent down and they still they still stick around the complex and usually into the minor league field and and play and stuff like that but then the Brewers start to you know get most of their veterans or their you know opening day roster set as the middle of spring hits but those first couple weeks of spring training are specifically exciting for me to watch and to check the box scores on it because these are some of the players that are getting a rare opportunity to play along, alongside some of the big leaguers that they've possibly idolized, you know, like the Ryan bronze and whatnot um, on, on rosters. And, you know, to be able to do that, it's kind of exciting for a young player and definitely a cool part of spring training no doubt.
1: Yeah. And not only that, but there's always like one, like one person that like, they're like kind of a fringe uh maybe they'll make the team but probably won't that kind of thing and they just come into spring training and just absolutely rake and then all of a sudden you think hey like we can't get rid of this guy right I mean we had that with um uh well with I mean most recently I guess with um Jesus Aguirre and uh Jim and Choi uh both had had years like that or spring trainings like that uh and then want to basically make it a team and it's always good to like get those stories out of spring training. I mean, it's just like um, there's seemingly one every year and I just can't wait to see who it's going to be this year.
0: Yeah. And I do remember that, like when the, the, the date that the 2000, I think it's 2018 uh, opening day roster was announced and there was like four first basemen on it for the Brewers, who has an NL team with no DH spot it was kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it turned out to be a wise, a wise move and a, a good talent evaluation for a time Because um, later on that same year, I remember being at Game Six of the NLCS and Hayes Aguilar had a huge couple of hits to put us to the Game Seven on the brink of the World Series. So those spring training games are huge. And you know, he went from you know possibly probably not making the team, having a monster spring to you know making it all the way that deep in the playoffs as a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. So I mean, it definitely. Saving time, the spring spring training around baseball, and yeah, definitely. So yeah, I know Scott, you only live about a four hour drive from the Cactus League teams, and the cool thing about that is all the Cactus League teams are probably within like a hour or so radius, maybe an hour and a half radius of each other once you get down there, Phoenix. Uh, so you should definitely head on down there. Should the, uh, the Brewers, of course, still train in Maryvale, and they've made improvements to their complex this year, supposedly to the whatever it is, AmFam Fields of Phoenix or whatever. Um, so you should definitely go, go down there and check it out. Hopefully you get the chance.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, like, maybe um, uh, some sort of a trip with, um, you know, you, me, and um, Vince, Chad, Brandon, too. I mean, he's obviously a huge contributor to this as well. Like, I mean, um, almost as much as Chad. So, I mean, it's uh, it would be great
0: <laughs> to see any of them. Yeah, no, that would, we'll definitely, hopefully we can put that in all in the budget for us to get that together down there. But if not, we could at least scrape enough change out of our car floors to get you guys some money so you can go on down there, Scott, and do some reporting for us. So, um, awesome. So yeah, anyway, yeah. So that pretty much wraps up our top 30 for future brewers podcast for this year. Um, We'll probably post the list on Twitter too for you to to look out to look at uh, sometime tomorrow. So um yeah, so thanks for tuning in. Anything else, Scott?
1: Um stay classy and go brewers.
0: Go brew Crew. Happy spring training. <laughs>
1: da, na, na, na.
0: Alright. That'd look forty for a fucking minute, but at least forty probably.
1: God damn
0: it! What the fine.
1: Oh. Oh yeah, that's good then. Yep.